0: Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this.
1: We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture. A better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humix Solutions with a human touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more.
0: With Thanksgiving and a tradition of sharing coming up this week, the California Department of Food and Agriculture is urgently reminding Californians in fruit fly quarantine zones that they should not be moving homegrown produce off their property. That includes citrus and other fruits and vegetables as movement is forbidden under quarantine requirements and also creates a risk of spread of the invasive flies. There are seven different fruit fly quarantines currently active in California in the counties of Los Angeles, Ventura, Sacramento, Riverside, San Bernardino, Contra Costa and Santa Clara. They recommend that residents do not take fresh fruits and vegetables off of their property. Fruits and vegetables may be consumed or processed at the property of origin. To dispose of fresh fruits and vegetables, they ask that you double bag and seal prior to placing in a non-green waste bin. Allow authorized agricultural workers access to your property to inspect fruit and report any suspect fruit fly maggots you find inside of your backyard produce by calling the CDFA Pest Hotline, which can be found on a CDFA website. Maps Quarantine restrictions, and other information is available at the CDFA website. Californians are urged to adopt the principles of don't pack a pest to help prevent future introductions of invasive pests and diseases by declaring all agricultural products for inspection upon entering the country and state and by shipping ag products through official channels that allow for proper treatment of commodities to protect against invasive species. With water always in the news in California, there is a pressing need for agriculture to improve efficiencies. At the same time for Prima, Wawona, some of its sites suffer from salinity and chloride issues. And so the surge has been on for a solution to help sustainably recover soil health which has led the stone fruit grower to Aqua4D, which is a precision water treatment technology that transforms irrigation water and can help to save on inputs and regenerate soils. Efficient use of their inputs continues to be a top priority. That, according to Nick Boo's chief agricultural officer, he says they discovered Aqua4D and put it to the test in one of their more challenging fields – they had experienced a number of fertility issues, alongside with visible chlorosis and water penetration problems. In doing so, Prima became the first grower to use this technology on stone fruit. Recent studies at the University of California proved Aqua40's potential to increase water penetration and successes at Central Valley pistachio and almond orchards showed its ability to sustainably manage salinity. The ranch where Aqua40 was installed in early 2022 had some of the very worst water infiltration issues, according to Matacosta, ranch manager. However, that has changed in the last year or so. He says it's a night and day difference and he can now easily probe one-handed and see that the water is penetrating past the three-foot mark. Keeping a close eye on changes in the soil with first-hand observation as well as sensors from AquaSpy and HEMAV has led to significant changes in irrigation practices, enabling some water savings. He says they figure they're saving about 25 percent water right now based on what they're doing. Anacosta says now he only has to irrigate once every 10 to 12 days or so instead of every seven days. The benefits of Aqua4D have gone beyond those water savings. With the trees previously suffering from excess chlorides and sodium, solving this issue was imperative to help the trees survive and regenerate the soil. To track the changes to the soil and trees, the ranch was monitored closely, including sensors from semios and satellite imaging from Hemov. Sensor data showed a significant decrease in EC concentration over time, an indication of decreasing salinity, while satellite tracking shows a marked uptick in tree health and vigor. Boos went on to say that they have seen visible and measurable differences in nutrient uptake and water usage. Monterey Mushrooms, a vertically integrated researcher, developer, grower, packer and distributor of premium mushrooms, mushroom genetics and mushroom ingredients, has a new president. George Hager is now serving in the role. The appointment of Hager to this new role is a significant piece of a broader strategic restructuring being implemented to drive sustainable growth across Monterey's core business segments, fresh mushrooms, genetics, biotechnology and nutraceuticals. Hager brings extensive experience across industrial and fresh produce sectors. Over the course of his career, he has been recognized for his expertise in the fresh produce supply chain and has a track record of top-line growth, customer engagement, and operational excellence. He serves as an executive director on the board of One Harvest, which is Australia's largest operator in the fresh-cut salad sector. He previously served as chief executive officer of Neutrano Produce Group, an Australian-owned fresh produce grower, packer, and marketer. Prior to this role, he was chief executive officer for Murray River Organization, organics an Australian producer packer marketer and seller of certified organic natural and better for you products and before Murray River organics he served as chief operating officer for Costa Group an Australian horticultural company earlier in his career Hager held various executive general management roles at Visi industries and TNT Australia he holds a bachelor of economics and a bachelor of laws degree he will relocate from Australia to California Pomelo harvesting is well underway in California, and the crop is looking good. Pomelos are generally harvested in late October by a lot of people, according to Tony Marquez from Pearson Ranch. He says he thinks the volume this year will be a bit more, and in the future there will be more pomelos available because there are a few more people starting to grow them. The future looks bright for this fruit, he says. Most of the supply is coming from the central San Joaquin Valley. Harvesting will continue there until March. As for demand, Marquez says it's about average at this point, At the start of the season, people are looking for some new citrus when the fall starts moving into winter because people know citrus is a winter crop. The fruit is also still somewhat newer in the category compared to more familiar citrus items such as lemons or oranges. Demand starts to pick up. Then through the winter months, as it gets dark and dreary, people want a taste of sunshine, so to speak, according to Marquez. However, the big demand push for pomelos will be for the Lunar New Year, which takes place this February 10th. Marquez is anticipating particularly strong demand for 2024's year of the dragon celebration. He also feels that consumption is growing overall in the fruit. 25 years ago pomelos were kind of obscure except for within the Asian culture where the symbolism of pomelos during the lunar new year represents good luck, prosperity and good health he says. While generally awareness is growing for a wider variety of produce within the population, pomelos are also getting a boost of awareness thanks to social media and even being featured occasionally on cooking shows. As people become more aware of them they're more willing to try them and because they have less of that bitterness to them he thinks people appreciate them more than regular grapefruit as for pricing he says it's steady pomelos don't fluctuate in pricing as much as oranges do for example because there are fewer of them Supplies of celery are looking steady with the Thanksgiving holiday this week. Duda Farm Fresh Foods sources its dandy fresh celery items, including celery stalks, celery hearts and fresh cut celery from growing locations around the U.S. to fulfill year round demand. According to Rick Alcoser, Senior Vice President of Sales at Duda Farm Fresh Foods. This time of the year, he says they've already started their Florida celery plantings, which will begin harvesting in December and overlap with our California and Arizona supply through May. This allows them to flex when peak demand with our retail partners kicks in for the holidays through Super Bowl. Right now, all of its celery supplies are abundant out of both Oxnard and Santa Maria. Temperatures and rainfall have been average for recent weeks, with no concerning weather events disrupting production. Of course, demand has increased recently in the celery market, and it's anticipated that will stay that way through the next few weeks. As for pricing, it appears that all FOB pricing will be less than last year, given there's no disruption in supply. He says FOBs have been reasonably steady for the past two weeks and will probably vary very little through January 1st.
2: This is a a real step forward in California being able, and I want to say, return to our ability to build projects. And it's not just water supply, it's transportation, it's energy, it's all of the things that we're looking for to bring California back to the golden state that it once was and help help meet the, the growing needs of our population, and water supply is a huge part of that.
3: Mike Wade, Executive Director of California Farm Water Coalition on the recently introduced Senate Bill 149, authored by State Senator Ana Caballero, which requires courts to resolve legal challenges brought under the California Environmental Quality Act within 270 days for certified projects. This is a big step for improving the state's water infrastructure and it has direct applications to agriculture. Earlier this month, Governor Gavin Newsom exercised the first use of this bill with his power to fast track the Sites Reservoir project, the first reservoir to be built in California in over half a century. Sites
2: Reservoir is an excellent project because it's multi-benefit. It's a large project. It provides additional water supply for the state, and it uh, provides a lot of other benefits from uh, urban water quality, Bay Delta water quality, environmental benefits, in-stream flow. It's like an uh, you know all-purpose tool that's meeting a lot of the challenges that we have today in water supply for California. So we're very excited about this project.
3: Definitely. And one aspect of it, it it doesn't draw like there's not a, a source of water flowing into it. It's kind of taken off of the the Sacramento River. Is that is that the case?
2: Sites Reservoir is an off-stream reservoir, meaning it, you're right, it doesn't block a river or a stream. Uh it's going to be created by building a few small dams, uh, small-ish dams in um an area about 10 miles. West of Maxwell, up in Calusa and Butte counties, and it creates a one and a half million acre foot storage reservoir that water during wet years like we had this year can be pulled from the Sacramento River and pumped into what will become sites reservoir
3: the sites reservoir project has been discussed and in planning for the past four decades and to finally have it brought to fruition will be a major win for the future of california agriculture water resilience and the state's population start by giving
2: credit to senator caballero who um authored she was a principal author of the bill and this is A a real step forward in California being able, and I want to say, return to our ability to build projects. And it's not just water supply, it's transportation, it's energy, it's all of the things that we're looking for to bring California back to the golden state that it once was and help help meet the the growing needs of our population. And water supply is a huge part of that. So uh, kudos to the senator for authoring the bill and appreciation to the governor for uh, his support and signing it and making uh, our ability to move forward in a faster way to get all the kinds of projects we need in the state built and online to help support 40 million people almost that we have living here.
3: Wade explained what exactly will be changing under Senate Bill 149.
2: In summary, SB 149 reduces the length of time for the judicial process on environmental review. Sounds like a big deal. It is a big deal, but uh, it just means that there's a 270-day limit for a legal challenge to projects like this under the California Environmental Quality Act. Now, not every project qualifies. In fact, the Delta Tunnels is an example that was excluded uh, in law from qualifying for this fast-track process. But uh, Sites Reservoir did qualify, the governor certified it, and uh, it doesn't mean there's any less of a standard that it has to meet. Uh, Still, all of the requirements of CEQA are in place and have have to be met. Uh, it just limits the length of time, so that a long protracted court case, like we've become accustomed to for many years in California, has to be on a shortened timeline. Get this thing in front of a judge, try the case, uh, you know, reject it or accept it, but move on, so we can we can start building infrastructure the way we used to in California. And again, it's not just about farmers; it's not just about the environment. Or urban areas, it's about meeting the growing needs of everybody that lives here in California.
3: You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Jahlstrom.
0: Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cat Ion EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cat Ion EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante, imagination, innovation, science in action. The 100th USA Agricultural Outlook Forum will be held February 15th and 16th of 2024. Registration is now open for both its in-person and virtual events.
1: Registration is now underway for the 2024 USDA Agricultural Outlook Forum this February. Just like last year, all of the events are going to be both in-person and live-streamed. World Agricultural Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekinowski says the theme of the Centennial Ag Outlook Forum is cultivating the future. Also available besides registration at the web address reg.eventmobi.com slash USDA Outlook Forum 2024, all one word, the initial program at a glance with topics for each of the breakout sessions. In addition... Friday morning, our attempts to focus heavily on agricultural trade and opportunities for U.S. agricultural commodities. Thursday evening, we're very pleased to have Dr. Wendy Winterstein. She is the president of Iowa State University, talking generally about the role of the land-grant system and research and outreach extension. I'm Bain, reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.
0: A key Senate Democrat issued a stern warning to House Republicans to work to avoid two new shutdown threats early next year in the just-enacted stopgap Funding and Farm Bill Extension. Senate Appropriations Chair Patty Murray reluctantly voted for the unprecedented House GOP stopgap with a new shutdown deadline of January 19th and another one on February 2nd for different agencies. But she warned.
4: We don't want to be right back here in a few weeks facing a one-two punch shutdown threat. We need all of us to get serious about one-year full spending bills.
0: The Farm Bill, in the meantime, will have to compete for floor time and a packed calendar of election year primaries in 2024. Artificial intelligence looks to be a big part of the future of technology, and it's already starting to play a role in major agriculture companies. Farm News reporter David Geiger has this report.
1: The Senate Agriculture Committee hosted a hearing on AI and innovation into American agriculture. In her opening statement, Senator and Chair Debbie Stabenow points to agriculture's role in technology.
4: American agriculture has always been at the forefront of innovation, and artificial intelligence has the potential to revolutionize the way we grow, harvest, and distribute our crops. In this rapidly evolving landscape, it is imperative That we strike a balance between harnessing the benefits AI offers while addressing the concerns it raises.
1: Concerns like data privacy, workforce implications, and equitable access to the technology. Sabino says the reality is
4: AI is already being integrated into our daily lives. In fact, I'm going to pause. My statement up to this point was entirely generated by AI, and it's something I would have said. So it's 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 um, incredible, actually, to me.
1: Panelist Dr. Mason Earls with the University of California, Davis, defines AI. So put simply,
3: an AI is a computer program that takes in one or more inputs, like an image or an audio recording or table of data, and outputs some prediction or physical action.
1: Earls explains the process to predict something like an invasive weed. They would train the AI by showing examples of pictures with and without the weed and offer yes or no options, with penalties for failure. They then repeat the process until it has a good enough performance rate. Some members of the committee were curious about how far along AI is, like this exchange between New Mexico Senator Ben Ray Lujan and Dr. Earls. Is there a workforce ready to fully develop and operate these technologies so that farms across the nation can fully benefit?
3: The workforce is probably not as there in specialty crops, for example, as it may be where we have manual, much more manual labor. And so there's a lot more difficult types of tasks humans are doing. Uh, I think maybe we're closer on the front where we already have major penetration of mechanization. Uh, so in some of the row crops and things like that, where maybe there's less manual labor. I think that's probably the biggest differentiator in my mind of what, what drives readiness for the workforce. Right
1: I appreciate that. And I Madam mean, Chair, sure I think that's just a, a reminder that that the committee not lose sight of the human component. That human component is important. Chair Stabenow says as the USDA looks into this cutting-edge technology, they must be cautious about significant risk.
4: Placing vast amounts of data in the hands of a few private companies could accelerate the trend of consolidation or perpetrate biases that have harmed small farmers. High costs are putting AI and precision agriculture technology out of their reach for everyone except the largest operations.
1: Ranking member of the committee, John Bozeman, also wants to watch for dangers. He says AI has potential but needs to answer tough
3: questions. New regulations may be needed to ensure that consumers are kept safe, especially when it comes to the use of applications that handle sensitive data.
1: On how to make law, Todd Jansen president of Jansen Schroeder Agricultural Law was on the panel and came with three legislative considerations for the committee. I think that any policy should focus on leveling the playing field and not stifling innovation because this is such an innovative sector. Second, when I think trust is lacking Uh, then transparency becomes even more important. And so if anyone is collecting data and they don't have that farmer trust, they have to be extremely transparent with how they're using it. And finally, any platform that uses agricultural data should try to return an equal or greater value of that data back to the farmer in the resulting product. Bozeman says the U.S. leads the world in innovation, with a third of major tech business located here.
3: Since the beginning of the technological revolution, America exercised a light-touch approach toward regulating this budding industry while others like here took a different approach. We must determine if that approach is appropriate when it comes to regulating AI and its uses in agriculture.
0: Reporting on the
1: Senate Agriculture Committee, I'm David Geiger.
0: Agricultural credit conditions in the Kansas City Fed's 10th district softened during the third quarter of 2023. Farm income and loan repayment rates were lower than a year ago for the second straight quarter. The moderation was more pronounced in areas hit hardest by drought, but more tempered in areas most concentrated in cattle production. Conditions have weakened slightly following two years of significant improvement that continue to support loan performance. Despite softening farm finances and substantially higher interest rates, agricultural real estate values in a region remain firm. The ag economy has softened in recent quarters alongside a moderation in commodity prices. Together with elevated production costs, a drop in the price of many key products during the past year has likely reduced farm income in 2023. Despite softening incomes with high interest costs, ag loan performance has remained solid with ongoing support from strong finances during the past two years. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast not Magazine on the,
3: every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it.
0: Our My AgLife platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing team, thank you for listening.